Thanks for listening to this sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary North. We exist to see lost people saved, saved people matured, and mature people multiplied, all to the glory of God. For more information, visit us online at redemption.ca. You can have a seat. Just want to um, encourage uh, the ladies. If you have not signed up for that uh, conference, I think you guys will have a great time. I know we've been uh, doing GCC events for the men for a while, and uh, so churches from uh, Salmon Arm and Kelowna and up as far as north as Edmonton and. Uh, it's just really a great time to come together, to worship together, uh, to meet some new folks, we be reminded that, you know, hey, we're, we're not alone. We're part of a network of churches, and um, uh, our staff is leaving for a GCC conference. Uh, some of us are flying out this afternoon. Others are flying tomorrow, and uh, so just uh, be in prayer for that time down in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> Oak- in Oakville, and uh, it's always just a great time. I, I think the registration is over 800 people, so it'll be a great time to come together for that, so be in prayer for that. And then some of you have been wondering, uh, probably like, hey, we haven't heard anything. You, you mentioned we're going to hear something this week about the land. Uh, still no word. Uh, uh, hopefully by the end of next week, we've been told, we'll know more, but just keep praying. I know some of the kiddos have been reminding mom and dad to keep praying about that each day, so just keep that up, kids, and uh, we just keep praying to see what the Lord has for us in that regard. Well, we are in Genesis 27, and uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to read the whole chapter this morning, and then we'll, we'll kind of break it down together. But, you know, we could have called this sermon, uh, How to Break Up a Family in Three Easy Steps. Um, this is not one of those texts you're like, man, I hope... Hope I can follow in their footsteps. Like, this is not one of those texts. But as we look at it, we're going to see that everyone's trying to get God's blessing through their own ways, through their own flesh. That's why I've called it fleshly blessings. Trying to achieve the blessings of God through our own efforts, through our own ways. And what inevitably happens is that um, you suffer as a result of that. We must, if we are to have God's blessing, then we must do it in his ways, through his ways, and, and, uh, and walk in obedience to him. And so we're going to see this morning, let's not walk like these guys, but instead walk in faithfulness. And then the other thing I want us to note as we study the text this morning is that God's promises are always fulfilled. And they're always fulfilled despite us, Right? If, if God's promises were dependent upon you and I doing what we're supposed to do, we would be in a heap of trouble, right? Because you and I continually fail, but God never fails. It says that when we are faithless, he is faithful. And so praise the Lord, he's not like us. So we're going to have those, both those, those themes running through this text. We're going to read Genesis 27 this morning. But before we do, let us just pray. Let's give this time to the Lord and ask him to help us as we study his word. Lord God, we're so thankful for the scriptures. We're so thankful, God, that um, you are the one who is overall. And uh, this morning, as we study your word, we're asking, Lord, would you, would you work in our hearts? Lord, if there's sin in our life, Lord, would you cause us to repent? 
Lord, if they are things that we're doing well, would you encourage us to keep running? And Lord, um, would, you, would you help us to desire the things which we ought to desire? Or would you be our focus? Would you be our treasure? Uh, Lord, we pray for these things, Lord, as we study your word today. Lord, if there be anyone here who does not yet know you, if they are still walking in rebellion against you, God, would you show them that today? And at the same time, would you show them that you are a gracious, merciful, compassionate God who would forgive them if they would repent of their sin and put their trust in you. So, Lord, we give you this time. We ask that you would lead us, ask that you would guide us. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right, so Genesis 27. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and slip up your hand. I want to make sure everybody has a copy of God's Word. It's going to take a few minutes to read all 46 verses, so you may want to look down and read as well. Okay, so Genesis 27. In verse 1, it says this, When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare them from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go, bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, you, Are you really my son Esau? 
answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from hunting, from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father, Isaac, said to him, who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Esau or sorry, then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers. I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob, because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother, brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise. Flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother, brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send you and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of, these women, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So as we look at the text this morning, we learn what not to do. Seeking blessing in all the wrong ways. Seeking blessing in all the wrong ways. First, we, 
If we're going to seek blessing in the wrong way, choose the worldly way. Choose the worldly way. This is the wrong way to find God's blessing. We're going to begin by focusing on Isaac. It seems clear as we look at this text together with a little bit of commentary uh, by the writer of Hebrews that Isaac knows about the foretelling of who should be blessed. When Rebecca had the twins, right, were in her room and they're wrestling, right? They're, 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 <laughs> it's like UFC in her womb, right? They're, 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 she's like, what's going on? And, and, and so she seeks the Lord. Every indication would be that, that Isaac would have been with her in the seeking of the Lord. And so he would have heard as well that Jacob is the one who is to be blessed. He is the one who will be served by his older brother. But Isaac doesn't want that. So we see this clearly in the text. He, he's decided that this will not be the case. Why? Because he liked him better. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, Genesis 25, 28. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Right? Now, this was back in their younger years. But we see him. He's not gotten sick of eating Esau's meat. Right? He's like, boy, I could just use another, you know, cut of meat here. Would you go make me some more delicious food? He's being driven by his desires. And, and, and it's kind of sad in many ways. He, he, he likes this son best. How come? Because he makes really good food. He, he serves me well. So I like him best. And so he's seeking to bless Esau and not Jacob. He's old and blind. And before he dies... He wants to bless his son Esau. Now, there's something genetic going on, it seems like, with the family line here. And Jacob, when he is old, he'll be blind as well. There, there's something that, with their eyes that, that just was, they weren't working particularly well as they got older in life. And so he can't really see. And, and in his life, he feels like it's, it's kind of winding down. And he's like, okay, I gotta, before I die, I want to make sure that Esau is the one who's blessed. I can't leave that to Rebecca. I mean, if, if she's going she's gonna to mess it up and make, make it Jacob. So I got to make sure it's Esau. Now, what's interesting is that Isaac was not prophetic about how long he would live. He's going to live decades still past this time. But he thinks it's near the end. Maybe there's a little bit of, maybe he's jumping the gun a little bit because he's like, he really wants Esau to be the one who's blessed. We're not told ultimately why he thinks that he should be the one who's blessed. You and I look at it and like, okay, well, let's just look at the character of Esau here. He's a lot like Isaac in the sense that he sold his birthright for a meal, right? He and, he and dad got that in common, right? They love a good, they love a good meal. And, 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 and so, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm starving. He's not, wasn't starving. He's like, he missed lunch or something, okay? He, it wasn't a big deal, but he, 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 he goes after the short term, forgetting about the long term, and he forsakes the birthright. So that's what we know of Esau. And then we know just at the end of chapter 26, it says that he married two Hittite women, 
And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So that's what, we, that's what we know about what's going on here. So it seems super surprising that Isaac, who for the most part has been super faithful, chapter 26, that at, as his life is kind of winding down here, that he is now choosing to go against God's way, to go against God's will. But this is what he does. And there's, you know, we're, we're pretty good at doing this as ourselves, we're being honest. You know, they, there's a good, I mean, isn't it traditional that the older one would receive the blessing, you know? And maybe, I mean, what we know of Jacob, he's a bit of a piece of work himself, right? Like, it's not like he's got son of the year award going on, right? So whatever the reasons, we don't know. Seems all driven by his desires, by what he feels, what he wants, but not what God wants. So that's the setting here as he tries to give him this blessing. The, 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 the desires of the things that are driving this. Six times we hear about tasty food. Eight times we hear about game, right? Like this is the thing that's driving it. Ross says, it's all the natural senses were at play in the drama especially the sense of taste in which Isaac had prided himself, but which gave him the wrong answer. Reliance on the senses to discern spiritual choices not only proves fallible, but can also foul up one's, life's, one's life unduly. Right? When you and I rely on our senses, when we, when we stand opposed to God's word, I know that's what God's word says, but I feel, you know, I want, I desire, you know, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you desire when it's opposed to God's word. But this is the battle we see going on here. So we're going to look at Rebecca and Jacob's response in what they do to kind of try to foil his attempt to bless Esau. But before that, I want us just to pop down to verse 32. I want us to just keep on the Isaac train here, right? So Isaac, I'm going to bless Esau. I'm not going to bless Jacob. And, and who's going to stop me, you know? And, and he's got this great plan, and this is how it's going to happen. But we get to verse 32, and what we found out that Esau went off hunting. He comes back. He's got his game, and he brings it into dad. Well, dad's already got a full belly. And so, verse 32, his father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Now, it's really fascinating. When I first read this, the, the trembling very violently, like he's literally shook, right? That's, that's the picture. He's like shook by what's happening. And I've always kind of read this as like, because he just, you know, he found out he'd been lied to, that he'd been deceived. That's what's going on here. But as I studied this week, I found out actually there's, there's more to this than that. Because if you look at Hebrews 11.20, Hebrews 11.20, let me just read it for us. It's super short. It says, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith. 
when did the faith kick in? When did the faith kick in? I think in the last several words of verse 33. Yes, and he shall be blessed. That's, I think that's the first time we see any kind of faith here. He, he, in, in faith, he's wanting to bless Esau with Jacob's blessing. That's what he's hoping to do. But here, it says that he trembles violently. I, I think what's happening is he's realizing, wait, wait a minute, I opposed God and guess who won? God had his way. I thought I had it. I thought I had tricked him. I thought I could, I could push my way over God's way. And guess what? He failed. As is the case for every single one of us when we stand opposed to God. That's a dangerous place to be. If you stand opposed to God, you lose every time. And there's always consequences for our standing opposed to God. Ross says this, Isaac trembled because he now knew that he had been tampering with God's plan and had been overruled by God. He'd been overruled by God. So he has this this mix of emotions. Yes, he's been deceived, but he's also been deceived by his own heart and standing opposed to God and trying to, to go against what he clearly had heard, that Jacob would be the one who would be blessed. Whenever we seek blessing apart from God, we fail in one way or another. Isaac had allowed his fleshly desires to dull his faith in his old age and found himself opposed to God. And this morning, I want, to, I want you to think about, are you standing opposed to God in some way? You want the, the, the blessings of God, but you, you also want to do what you want to do. Well, I just would again warn us, we don't want to find ourselves opposed to God. So if there's areas in your life, even now, I'm so thankful God knows our hearts intimately, perfectly. He knows everything about us. And as I say that, you know, you stand opposed to God. There's things that can come to your mind that the Lord brings up in your own heart to like, oh yeah, I still have that, that, that bitterness in my heart that I have not forgiven that person. And you know God wants you to forgive them. But you're holding on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, over my dead body, I'm never going to forgive them. I mean, have you been forgiven? Forgive as you have been forgiven. That's, that's the instruction. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Like pretty much everything that God asks us to do is not easy. But it is right. And he's given us his spirit to do that which is right. So, let us not stand opposed to God. Let us not seek blessing in the wrong way. Let us not choose the worldly way. Uh, Another way that we seek blessing in all the wrong ways, manipulate with worldly wisdom. We would manipulate with worldly wisdom. Listen, God God wants this to happen, so I'm going to make sure it happens. I mean, technically, I guess I had to sin along the way to get there, but does it really matter? We got what God wanted. That's what we see going on here with Rebecca and Jacob. She hears. I mean, I don't know what this is with these ladies. I remember Sarah, she was listening in on Abraham's conversations too, okay? But, but she, she, she hears. Hey, listen, he's about to blow the plan. The plan is that God would... Bless Jacob. And now he's going to instead bless Esau. I got to take action. Is that a true statement? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. God allowed her to hear. She should take action. But not through deception, not through lying. Not to, like, she does not need to do this in order to accomplish God's purposes. What could she have done? Hey, hon, uh, sorry, I, I, <laughs> I overheard your conversation with Esau. And uh, apparently you got the growlies. I can, I can make you a sandwich or something. But, um, but what she should have said was, listen, I understand you love Esau. I understand that. And you guys just resonate. You know, I understand all that. But don't you remember what God said to us? Like, isn't it better to stand with God than stand opposed to God? Can, can we just pray together? Like, wouldn't that have been so much better than what she did? And then trust God to change his heart. He, he's the one that's sovereign. He's the one who's powerful. Like you just submit to him. You walk in faithfulness and then you allow God to do his work. Just as we ought to do in the body of Christ. We see somebody about to make a, a wrong decision to walk in sin. Then you come alongside them. It says to come along with gentleness and with humility and say, listen, don't go that way. It's opposed to God's word. Please stop. I, I'm here for you. I, I want to pray with you. I'm going to stand with you. I understand your, your pull to do that. But, but, but you have to say no to your desires and say yes to God. So let me help you. Or if you see someone in sin, you do the same thing. You come alongside and say, let's turn from that way and let's go this way. This way is so much better. It's God's way. Let's walk and be blessed by him in this way. Let's not try to achieve it through our own ways. I'm going to talk some of, some of the application that just after we talk through their story. So she doesn't do that. Instead, she can, she's got a plan. And listen, this plan's got to happen right now, right? Why? Esau's already left. Clock has started. They probably have a, she's got a, like a time that is the typical time he's going to return. So she's got to enact this plan fast. She's like, hey, 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 Jacob, Come. Go grab me some goats, two young goats. I heard your dad talking. He's about to give a blessing to Esau. I've told you ever since you were this tall, you are the blessed of the Lord. You know, not like your brother, you are the blessed. Because you know. what? They're favoring one another, right? That Isaac is all about Esau. Rebecca is all about Jacob. They're both terrible parents is what we're seeing here. Okay? And, and, and so she's like, okay, so, so here's the plan. You're going to go get some goats. And then you're going to say Esau, and then he's going to bless you. He's blind. He can't see anything. Don't worry about it. And Jacob's like, Mom, I, you know, I know you're, I'm your son, but I just need to challenge you. That's against what God would have us do. Let's not do that plan. Is that what Jacob does? Jacob does not do that. What's he worried about? I could get caught. I could get caught, and then I'm going to have a curse on me instead of a blessing. Like, this isn't a good plan, Mom. Don't worry about it. If he curses you, let the curse be on me. Just go get the goats. We got to hurry. I mean, there's nothing godly going on here, right? It's like, oh, let's let the curse be on me, whatever. Let's just go. Let's just do this. I mean, that, just to say that, that so, so flippantly is, is really not understanding what it means to be put under a curse. So, so gets the goats. You can just feature it. She's whipping up the food. And then she's like, huh. You know, like, um, that was a good point Jacob made. He is a smooth man, and his brother is a hairy man. Like, how hairy is this guy? Like, just think about this. 
I don't think you and I have ever seen a man like this. All right? Because as she's whipping this stuff up, she's like, oh, look at that. The goat skins. Perfect. We'll put the goat skins on his hands and on his neck, and he won't know the difference. I mean, have you ever pet a goat? <laughs> I mean, this, this dude is hairy. Okay? So, so this is the plan. You, you, you know, I, 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 I've made the food now. I mean, I don't know why he's always bragging about Esau's cooking. I'm just as good of a cook, right? She knows the recipes, right? Obviously, she, she's able to replicate it really well. And, and now, okay, Jacob, you go. So now the lying begins. So he comes there. Hey, Dad, who are you? I'm your oldest son, Esau. Lie number one. Isaac's like, wait a minute. Um, how come you're here so quickly? Oh, Mom. We didn't talk this through. So he comes up with a, a lie, another lie. And as is often the case when it comes to our lies, you just kind of keep getting a little bit more, a little bit more. So he, he's like, uh, your God, bless me. That's why I'm back so quickly. Your God was responsible. I mean, how blasphemous is this, right? It's bringing God into this whole deception. He's just ramping it up. We have another example, Peter. When he's, he's denying to know Christ, hey, don't you know Jesus? Nope, don't know him. Another person comes along, hey, don't you know Jesus? No, 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 don't know him. And on the third time, it says that he brings, uh, uh, he swears and, 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 and threatens a curse upon himself, right? He ramps it up. That's what happens when we go down this pathway of lying. It just re- replicates itself over and over again. Now you've got to lie about the lie to try to cover it up. And if you're in a lie this morning, can I just encourage you, just, just bring, come forward. Tell the truth, just as Jacob could have done right here. Listen, you know, what I, I mean, if we know Jacob, he probably would have done this. Mom came up with this plan. It wasn't my idea, you know, whatever. But, but, but he could have at least confessed right there. Listen, I, I'm not your son Esau, I'm your son Jacob. But he doesn't. So he continues to lie. And then he's like, okay. It's, it's the voice of Jacob. We can only imagine how nervous Jacob is in all this, right? Like, it's a very real possibility he could get a curse. And so now he, he comes with his hands covered with these ridiculous goat skins. And, and his dad reaches out, oh, it is Esau. He's got hairy hands. So he says he's going to bless them. He's like, hey, 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 are you, are you Esau? Oh, yeah, I'm Esau. So, well, get me the food. Gets the food. As he's eating, you, you can, again, you just kind of like, you can picture it. He's thinking a little bit more, huh? Man, is it him? Is it him? Is it him? Hey, come here, then I might give you a kiss. So he, as he kind of leans in, kisses him. Oh, those don't smell like office clothes. It smells like my son Esau. And then he breaks in to the blessing. What does he offer him in the blessing? Uh, just everything. Right? <laughs> Esau's like, is there nothing left? No, there's nothing left. I give it all. I thought I was giving it to you, but I give it to your brother instead. And what the Lord has said is exactly what's going to happen. 
promises them the land. So see the Abrahamic covenant being kind of like this thread being pulled through now, right? Now it's going through, was in Isaac. Now it's going to go through Jacob and and he's going to have the land. It says that his brothers are going to bow down to him, which you're kind of like, "Mm, brothers. That's how I think anyways. I, I thought he just had one brother. But I think he's talking about, hey, this isn't just for this generation. It's for future generations as well. They will bow down. And, and anyone who curses them will be cursed. Whoever blesses him will be blessed. And, and, and the Abrahamic covenant now will come through Jacob. And then it goes on to the next generation and to the next generation to the next generation to where we have the ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone who is blessed, it's through Jesus. You and I this morning, as Gentiles predominantly here, we are blessed because of Jesus Christ. We've been, we've been, we are part of the fulfillment of that Abrahamic covenant. And ultimately one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so it is now going to Jacob. We're told that Jacob sneaks out. He's got his blessing. Isaac thinks he's given it to Esau. Of course, we know that's not true. I want us to just think about here for a moment. Rebecca and Jacob believed they needed to manipulate to get God's blessing. God promised after all, so they needed to deceive so that God's plan would be accomplished. If they didn't deceive, then God's plan would have failed. Is that true? Would God's plan have failed if they had not deceived? Well, the answer is no. Every promise that God gives will be fulfilled. Our God is pretty awesome. He's pretty powerful. Anything he says he will do, he will do. And so them sinning in order for something good to happen is not the pathway to follow. But it's easy for us to do that. I've seen that on grand schemes. I remember being at Bible college and somebody in the leadership there had an affair with someone. And when challenged by the leadership to repent, he's like, you know what? I love this woman that I'm with now. And and we're going to be able to serve the Lord so much better together than I was able to do with my other wife. Like, so it's okay that I'm committing adultery and I'm divorcing my wife so that I could serve the Lord. Isn't it like just to keep the big picture in mind? Isn't that crazy? Like everyone here is like, that's crazy. Like no one's like, huh, I think that probably is true. (laughs) Nobody thinks that. But we can be easily deceived in our own ways. You know, it's, it's okay for me to cheat just a little bit on my income tax so I can give more to the church, right? I mean, think about it. More money to Trudeau or more money to the Lord? Come on, it's an easy one, right? Well, when I say it like that, you're kind of like, well. <laughs> but deception and cheating, the, the threat of you being found out and God's name being put through the mud because of what you were doing, like, is that worth it? It's not worth it. It's easy for us to compromise around unbelievers for the sake of them coming to faith, Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I don't want to be too, like, buttoned up and, like, you know, like, too radical or else they won't hang out with me, you know. And I need to, need to be around them so I can be a witness to them, right? So I, you know, maybe I shouldn't go to the clubs. It's probably not great for my own salvation, but, you know, in my own soul. But, but I'm, I want to reach them for Christ. And, you know, after a month or six months or a year of hanging out, maybe I'll get around to telling them the gospel. And they're like, man, if being a Christian means being as cool as you, then I want to come to Christ too. I mean, is this kind of like, what? Like, is, is, do we believe in the power of the gospel or not? Like, do you need to compromise in order for someone to get saved? You do not need to compromise. You just need to love them really well. And when they're like, hey, we're going to the club. He's like, hey, have a great time, guys. Like, that's what you're into? That's, that's great. But I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at home doing my Bible study. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. I mean, don't be weird. Okay. <laughs> You just say, well, that's not something I do. But I'll catch you guys tomorrow. We're still on for breakfast or lunch or what, you know, like find ways where you're still going to connect and be a witness, but don't compromise your faith. So, so like, are we clear what we're talking about here? We, we can't sin in order that God's purposes would be achieved. This is what we see in Jacob and Rebekah. Griffith Thomas says this, righteousness can never be laid aside even though our object is yet more righteousness. In personal life, in home life, in church life, in endeavors to win men for Christ, in missionary experience, in social improvement, and in everything connected with the welfare of humanity, we must insist upon absolute righteousness, purity, and truth and in our methods, or sorry, and truth in our methods, or else we shall bring utter discredit on the cause of our master and Lord. So you walk in holiness, you walk in obedience, and then you trust the Lord that he will achieve his ways as you walk in faithfulness to him. Don't compromise. Some might say, well, <laughs> I mean, Jacob did get the blessing, right? I mean, he did get the blessing. Well, why did he get the blessing? Because of his deception here? Or because before he was ever born, God says, I choose Jacob. And he is going to get his man. Jacob will become a man of faith. And that's why he will receive the blessing. Without him becoming a man of faith, he would never receive the blessing. That's how it works. So, I just want to, again, just point out, if Jacob was left to his own devices, he would have failed. He never would have achieved God's blessing. He would have fallen short of the glory of God. He would have been condemned. And so it is with all who try to achieve salvation by their own means. You can make up a religion and follow it perfectly, but you will be condemned. You can lie to yourself and say that God will accept you according to your standards, but again, you will still be condemned. You must come to God on his terms and in his way if you would have salvation. You cannot manipulate God through worldly wisdom, which brings us to our next point. Another way to seek blessing in the wrong way, pursue through worldly worship. Pursue through worldly worship. Now we focus on Esau. Esau is the guy 
who wants the blessings of God but does not want God. Right? He wants everything that God could offer him in a good way, but he does not want to follow his commandments. He does not even want to to talk with him. He just wants the blessing. I mean, Esau is a lot like most Canadians today. Like, hey, um, if you if you die tomorrow, would you go to heaven? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure I'd go to heaven if there is such a place. Okay, based on what? Well, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, whatever. But but think about their faulty reasoning here. What is the main attraction in heaven? It is God. He is the treasure of heaven. It's God. But you walked in rebellion against him your entire life. You wanted nothing to do with his ways. You, you, didn't, you didn't want to, to, to obey him. You, you, you didn't want to bow down to him. But you think you will be with him for all of eternity. I mean, it's this crazy thinking. But we have this idea that we deserve God's blessing. Even though we would walk contrary to his ways all of our life. This is the story of Esau. There is nothing in the text in Genesis that would indicate that Esau was a godly man in any sort of the way, but he still expects the blessings of God, just like many people do today. So let's just think about Esau's perspective. So Esau, he's, he's super excited. You know, he loves hunting anyways, but when he gets back home now, He's going to whip up that grub, and then he is going to receive the blessing. He's going to finally get one over on his brother. He, he's, going to, he's going to have the blessing, even though he's not had the lifestyle. This is what he thinks. And so when he gets there, and his dad's like, who are you? Maybe there's a little hint of goat in the air still. Maybe the plates are still there. He did, right? He's like, so Esau is crushed when he hears what happens, right? As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me also, oh my father. He, he screams out. He is in anguish. He's in, he, his, his heart is bitter. He is he's broken by what he has heard that he, he's, he cannot receive a blessing. He's like, there's got to be another blessing. Like, give me another blessing. Are, are you kidding me? Isaac explains that Jacob came deceitfully. He's like, uh, I literally have nothing left to give you. So what's Esau's response to that? yeah. My little brother, cheater, right? If you look in the Hebrew, the word for cheat and the word for Jacob are very similar. So he's like, yeah, it's just like his name. He's a cheater, right? So he resorts to name calling. Not like one moment does he like, oh, you know, as I look at my life, I really don't deserve blessing. I've been walking contrary to him, my God, to God all my life. I got two wives who do not love God. I sold my birthright. Like, there's zero accountability here. It's all a victim. I'm the victim. I can't believe this has happened to me. My, my cheater brother. I mean, even the birthright thing. Like, I mean, he, he wasn't deceived there. 
He's just like, I really have a rumbly tumbly and I, 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 need to, I need to eat. So here's my birthright. He despised his birthright. So, so, but he takes zero accountability. Turn to Hebrews 12. We can just get a little commentary on this. You know, we, we, we might be tempted to feel bad for him. Anybody here feel bad for him? I mean, what a, what a sad story, right? Like nobody wants a brother like Jacob. That's what we're thinking. But the scriptures don't feel sorry for him. Like, like Esau is not going to be like on judgment day. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're right, right. Esau, you had that brother Jacob. Don't worry about all the sin in your life. You're okay. Like that's not happening. He's accountable for all the actions of his life. So are all we, are, so also are we. So this is back it up to verse 15, just for context here. Hebrews 12, 15. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. In other words, we, we, there's a striving that needs to happen in our life from the day you come to faith in the Lord to the day that you die. You need to continue to, to walk in the pathway of obedience that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. So this is, this is one possible trip up that can happen in the church where there would be, would there be bitterness in someone and then they spread that bitterness to someone else and then you got a, like a whole church of bitter people. He's like, you got to nail that right away. You got to get it on top of that right away so that no one would be, so that many would not become defiled. So too, he likens it to verse 16, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. So sexual immorality, again, it's another sin that just spreads like a cancer. You, you lower the bar in regards to what God says about sex in the church, and it's just, it just spreads like a cancer. And the impurity is out the window, not just for that one person, but for the entire church as that just spreads like a cancer. And this last thing, unholiness. He says the same thing can, can, can just spread. When there's a reverence, when there's unholiness, it can just spread. And he, and he says, that's like Esau. Nathan and I were talking between. I mean, there, I mean, to have multiple wives, I guess, is a form of sexual morality. But it would seem like his emphasis here is a reverence. A reverence. And so, uh, this unholiness, who what? Who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So the, the writer of, of, of Hebrews here is like saying, okay, no, no bitterness, no sexual immorality, and no irreverence like Esau. Uh, Moeller says here, the conjunction in the sentence, sexually immoral or irreverent like Esau, indicates the strong relationship between sexual immorality and irreverence. They are both markers of unfaithfulness to God. They both destroy the church. See, Esau, what? He had sought that meal and forsook his birthright. He, he didn't care about it. Gint Moeller, again, it says this, a single meal was more important to Esau than the, uh, sorry, than the birthright that belonged to him as Isaac's firstborn son. Trading it away to Jacob demonstrated his disinterest, not just for his birthright, but for the holy things of God. So he has no interest, as I've been painting the picture, he has no interest in the things of God. And now he's sad 
He's sorrowful. He's seeking the blessing. But what don't we see? Repentance. There is no repentance in this guy. He's the victim. I hate my brother. I'm going to kill him. That's what his literal thinking is at this point. And he's broken. Why? Not because of his sin, but because he's not getting the blessing. He's full of hate, not against sin, his own sin, but against Jacob. He's not a man who will find repentance. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says this, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. When you and I are broken over our sin and we, and we see it as God sees it and we fall down and say, God, I confess that you are right when you say I'm a sinner. I have done these things. And then you say, and I turn from those things now. I repent and I now place my trust in you. That's what repentance is. No longer walking in the same ways, but now walking in the opposite direction as you follow the Lord God. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what God calls us to do. But Esau, all he has is worldly grief that produces death. I mean, how many people do you know who are broken in their sin? They spend their nights crying as they go to bed because their lives are so miserable. But there is no repentance. Oftentimes, those people hate God. Look at my life. If there really was a God, how could, how could my life be like this? Well, because you keep choosing sin and choose, instead of the Savior. That's why your life is the way it is, full of brokenness. Worldly worship wants the blessings of God without following God. People want to go to heaven, have eternal life, but they do not want to repent or agree with God about what his word says. They want to walk in rebellion and still be blessed. It did not work for Esau, and it will not work for you. If you want the blessings of God, then you must confess that you're a sinner and repent of your sin and place your trust in him. Then you get more than the blessings. You get God. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I have Christ. I have a relationship with him. I get to to sit at the throne and get to know the God who has made us. I get to be called his child. These are the treasures that are ours. These are the blessings that are ours in him. Stuff, the, the land and the food and all that, all pales in comparison to him. Well, I pray this morning all of you know him. Sometimes people say Christianity is so narrow. Yes, it is. Correct a mundo, right? It is narrow, and you should not apologize for that. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want salvation, if you want God's blessing, then it goes through Jesus Christ and no one else. It comes by you bowing down before him and no one else. Allah will not get you into heaven. Only Christ will get you into heaven. I know that's not PC, politically correct, but it is the truth. 
And it is loving to say so. Well, Esau's like, hey, can't you bless me? He's like, I got nothing. He's like, please give me a blessing. So he gives them this blessing that's not a blessing. Okay, here's your blessing. You will live away from the fat of the earth. <laughs> you will live away from the dew of heaven. You're going to be continually at war and plundering people around you. And after a while, you will finally get the yoke off your neck and you will be independent. That's the, that's the win at the end. And that's, as you trace biblical history, you see that true of the Edomites. They were under the people of Israel, under Jacob's family line, and eventually they do gain independence. But that's their story. That's his life. I like how Ross puts it. All that was left for Esau was a common blessing, a blessing without spiritual emphasis for a profane person. Well, briefly, what's, what's the result of all that? Well, the result is that we would experience worldly woes. No one gets away with their sin. You choose to sin, you choose to suffer. Isaac, this is, you know, at the very least, he, he, he was shook to the core and that he opposed God. His marriage is not great. He's, he's going to lose a son now by favoring the other son. Jacob, he's, he's having to take off. Why? Because Esau wants to kill him. He'll be gone for 20 years. And I love God's sense of humor. He's going to bring a Jacob into Jacob's life by the name of Laban. <laughs> and he thinks he's a deceiver. Well, just wait till he meets Laban. And he's going to have his way in his life, but there are consequences to his sin. Rebecca, as we finish up the chapter, she's still lying. She, 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 she could have went to like, hey, did you know Esau's trying to kill your other son? But she does, like, hey, my life is going to be miserable if Jacob marries a Hittite. Okay, well, he can be sent off then, you know, like, still deception. We never hear anything from Rebecca ever again. We don't know when she died. Isaac, he's going to live to 180. How long they had this dysfunctional marriage, we don't know. It's going to take 20 years for Esau to cool down. I mean, it's a mess. Like anybody who's like, oh, he really got away with it. No, nobody gets away with sin. But God's ways are still done. He promised that Jacob would be the one who's blessed, and he will be blessed because God is sovereign over it all. I like what Hugh says here. In and above this is something of immense beauty and grandeur, the invincible determination of God to keep his word despite the prevailing unbelief and unfaithfulness of his people. God fulfilled his word despite Isaac's opposition, despite Rebekah and Jacob's manipulation, and despite Esau's indifference. All have sinned, and yet God's plan has prevailed. And it always does prevail. So as you see the nations raging around us, like, oh, I don't know, like, what's going to happen? Listen, God's in control. And what he has said will happen will happen. He's not like, oh, man, I told them in the book of Revelation this is going to happen. <laughs> what are we going to do? I didn't know that all these people were sinners. He's, right? Everybody sees I'm being sarcastic there, right? Right? No, he's in control. And so we can put our trust in him. Let us walk in faithfulness to him and then say, God, 
You're in control. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful for this time together this morning. We thank you that your word is true. It never fails. And God, I I pray for us this morning. As we look at this text, if we're being honest, we see a lot of ourselves in Isaac and Jacob and Rebekah. God, we, we want our ways rather than your ways. We, we want to somehow accomplish your purposes through our own means. And so, God, we pray, would you, if there's sin in our life, would you cause us to repent of that right now? God, help us to walk in your ways. Help us to trust you, God. We don't need to manipulate anything, Lord, for your, your purposes to be accomplished. So, God, help us to trust you. And then for the Esau's here this morning, God, people who've yet to repent, God, would you be merciful? Would you be gracious? Would you show them their own sin? That, Lord, they, they might turn from their sin and put their trust in you. Lord, that they might know that you are good, that you are loving, that you are, that you are compassionate. God, would you have your way in their lives? Even this day, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary North. We exist to see lost people saved, saved people matured, and mature people multiplied, all to the glory of God. For more information, visit us online at redemption.ca.